Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Culture embarking on an offseason of change. Nine and eight's going to do that for a team that had designs not on just making the playoffs, but being very competitive in the playoffs. That's what's going to happen this offseason. Who do they need to keep? We'll talk about it. Also, fallout from the Brian Flores lawsuit. Huge, far-reaching, a really negative story as the NFL begins its Super Bowl celebration Two-week period, huge. Pacers tonight, Butler tonight, Purdue tonight, all at 7 o'clock. Who do we watch? This is Breakfast with Kent for 2 22 It's Groundhog Day. We're going to get dumped on 10 to 15 inches of snow. That doesn't happen in central Indiana very often. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. Hire the best dentist if you've got the best dentist in your backyard, for the love of God, why wouldn't you hire him? Of course you would, 317-849-2933. Let's have some fun first, then the story that's really not so much fun, but needs to be told. The Indianapolis Colts is the fun story. All right, this offseason is going to be one of change. It's going to be one of upheaval. It's going to be one of chaos. Chris Ballard doesn't want chaos. Jim Irsay wants change. That's going to bring some chaos. It's going to bring some friction on West 56th Street. That's important. We'll see what the fallout is. But who, and this is really how you can gauge kind of the quality of the roster and where this franchise is, who are the indispensable players on this roster? The list is pretty damn short. All right. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, completely indispensable. One of the best players in the National Football League. Without Jonathan Taylor, this offense is terrible for the Colts. Also on the offensive side of the ball, and this isn't so much the quality of the player, although he was really good this past year. Michael Pittman, really good. Almost 1,100 yards receiving, almost 90 receptions. He was the guy who made the passing game go. Nobody else did that. Michael Pittman Jr., was the target. He was the one guy in the passing game that defensive coordinators opposing the Colts had to take away. They had a tough time doing it. That's what tells you how good Michael Pittman Jr. is. Michael Pittman, completely indispensable. Without Michael Pittman, I don't know who you got at wide receiver going into this offseason. Maybe Des Patman would be your number one wide receiver on the roster, given T.Y. Hilton's pending and likely retirement, right? Uh, You've got Zach Paschal as a free agent, so who you got? Ashton Doolin, Michael Strawn, and Tez Patman. If not for Michael Pittman, you got to have Michael Pittman. On the defensive side of the ball, you got Darius Leonard. Absolutely indispensable. The Colts would like to tell you that Darius Butler is into, or Darius Butler, DeForest Buckner is indispensable. You know, if DeForest Buckner doesn't play, where's this defense? Would this defense be markedly worse 
Probably not. But Darius Leonard, you got to have Darius Leonard. The defensive backfield, you got nobody that you're really worried about. If Isaiah Rogers couldn't play next year, is that a terrible thing? Rakusin, is that terrible? Rakusin got better last year, but he's not anywhere near indispensable. We found out that the safeties aren't indispensable because they can't stay on the field. Julian Blackman tore his Achilles. Cardi Willis was out for a period of time. They were replaced nicely by the widget guys like Anderson Dejo. The offensive line, the Colts would like to tell you that these guys are indispensable, but I think Quentin Nelson is utterly dispensable. I think Ryan Kelly's dispensable. Braden Smith, not so much. you got to have tackles. And, and not having any tackles would be terrible. And right now, you don't have a left tackle on this roster. Not any. You don't have one, right? You, you've got uh, Matt Pryor, who is a free agent. You've got Fisher, who is a free agent. These guys aren't under contract. You literally don't have, and I hate the, the, using the word literally, but it's absolutely true. You don't have a left tackle to put out there. You've got to find one. So how do you do that? You've got to make concessions elsewhere. Would you rather have a left tackle or a left guard? A, a, a good left tackle or a great left guard? You would rather have a good left tackle. That may be a decision that needs to be made by Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts. As much as we love old number 56, as much of a run-road grader as that guy is, blocking multiple guys, putting them on their backs, so Jonathan Taylor can find a hole, that is not the way you win football games in the National Football League. You have got to throw the football. This is in 1962, and Jonathan Taylor is not Jim Brown. You cannot win doing it that way. You can't have... The last time there was a dominant running back that won a championship, it was Terrell Davis back in 1998. Ironically, you also had Jamal Anderson in that Super Bowl in 1998. Both those guys, bell cow running backs, it has not happened since. That tells you something about the need to throw the football and to have weapons for a quarterback to throw to. The one guy you need to be indispensable as a quarterback. And the Colts don't have an indispensable quarterback. In fact, they got a guy at quarterback that half the fan base would like to see playing for somebody else. Carson Wentz, fans would like to see go bye-bye. Some of them. Some are absolutely uh, in love with Carson Wentz, but I think that has more to do with lifestyle and spirituality than it does football. I mean, nobody could watch Carson Wentz and legitimately say, yes, this is the guy who can win a Super Bowl for us. It's preposterous to think of that. In Indianapolis, Peyton Manning won one Super Bowl. One. His best I ever saw. Tom Brady, notwithstanding. Peyton Manning was the best quarterback I've ever seen. He won one Super Bowl here in the 13 years he played for the Colts. That tells you something. And this tells you something, too. Go back to those teams of the 2000s. Who were the indispensable players? Manning, Harrison, Wayne, Saturday, Glenn, right? Uh, Mathis, Freeney, Brackett. Those guys were indispensable. 
That's a hell of a list of indispensable guys. Even Edron James, as great as he was, was not indispensable. Edron James goes. The Colts pick up Joseph Adai. They win a Super Bowl. Clearly not indispensable. The other guys were indispensable. You got really three guys for the Colts right now who are indispensable. And back then, you had what, eight? That tells you the dearth of a really high-level talent on this football team that you cannot win without. Tells you something. We'll see what happens. This is going to be a hell of an offseason. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, the Washington football team has named its its mascot, and I really could care less. They're the Commanders. I, I hate the Commanders as a name. It's a three-syllable name. I think it sucks. I think the best name in the NFL, bar none, Colts. Easy. One syllable. Starts with a hard sound, ends with a hard sound. Uh, coming in second, I would have the Pack and the Bears kind of tied as 2A and 2B. Other than that, Cowboys I hate. Uh, Rams, eh, Browns, eh, Bengals, eh, Chiefs, eh. Love the Colts. It's fun to say. I love their uniform. I love the look. I love everything about the Colts from that standpoint. Uh, Let's talk about the Brian Flores lawsuit alleging racism, and we know that exists within the NFL in terms of hiring coaches. Of course it does. Brian Flores allegedly, although they've got screenshots of it, got a uh, text of congratulations from Bill Belichick about the uh, about a job that he was up for with the Giants, he meant to send it, Belichick, did he? To Brian Dable, who has become the head coach. And this was even before Flores uh, interviewed with the Giants. Belichick knew that Dable was getting the job with the Giants. Sham interview to be compliant with the Rooney rule. That sucks. That's just bad form. That's stupidity and arrogance. Not hiring black coaches is stupid and arrogant. However, interviewing somebody after the fact, although the Giants dispute this, also idiotic and arrogant. Another piece of idiocy, and this has got to be acted upon to me by the NFL, unless it's widespread, if the allegation is accurate that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss so that the Dolphins could secure the top spot in the NFL draft. And that top spot, they, they draft, the Bengals drafted uh, Joe Burrow. So you'd want that top spot, right? But if Stephen Ross offered... Brian Flores, 100K to tank games. And this is an isolated incident. He can't own an NFL team. This is like having Arnold Rothstein, the architect of the Black Sox scandal in 1919, as an owner in your league. It completely undermines the trust that people feel for the competitiveness of the NFL in terms of the Dolphins. You cannot have that, especially now with gambling uh, being legal uh, in a widespread way and online gambling kind of being a 
a huge driver of popularity in the NFL. If people who gamble on these games cannot trust that the results are righteous and the result of, of diligent activity by the two teams competing, this thing falls apart. You can't have it. Stephen Ross, again, using this hubris is a better word. Hubris. You cannot pay an employee to affect a negative result. For gambling, Pete Rose, gambling on his team to win. Pete Rose was kicked out of baseball forever. For pay, offering to pay a head coach a bounty for losses, Stephen Ross cannot continue to be an owner of an NFL franchise. That seems patently simple to me. He has got to go. The, the NFL must do to Stephen Ross what Adam Silver in the NBA did to Donald Sterling. No relation, by the way. You have got to exorcise that presence from that 32-man fraternity. You can't have that in your midst. That is a cancer that needs to be removed quickly and immediately. And if the NFL doesn't, and we know how this works, right? The 32 owners run the NFL. It's not Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell is like the fall guy. He's, he's that, you know, paper mache guy that people beat with bats so that nobody beats up on the owners. The owners need to take charge of this. They need to meet and they need to compel Stephen Ross to sell that team. You can't have him in your midst unless this is a widespread deal and the owners don't want to out themselves as complicit in tanking games as a systemic way to determine uh, narrative within the NFL, as some suggest happens. Really difficult story, really complicated story. Uh, The NFL, if they're processing information correctly, and this is an isolated incident, Stephen Ross will not be the owner of the Miami Dolphins when uh, the regular season begins next September. Uh, Pacers against the Magic tonight at Gainbridge Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock. Butler at Xavier, 7 o'clock. Purdue at Minnesota, 7 o'clock. The weather, not bad in Minnesota, so Purdue's going to be fine. The weather, not bad, I don't think, in Cincinnati, and Butler's already there. So that game should be played. Pacers-Orlando should be played tonight at Cambridge Fieldhouse because the Magic are, st- are, are here. The Magic uh, popped down. I think they lost to the Bulls last night. So you've got the Magic uh, here, and we'll see what happens with that game. Racism is just awful. How about the Colts and racism? You know what? Hiring Tony Dungy, hiring Jim Caldwell to be the head coaches for a period of a decade, but no black general managers for the Colts. Ownership's got to change. you got to get some some color in the management in order to get color as a head coach. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? Uh, Anthony Sullivan, happy birthday. Herb Petrata, happy birthday. The great Billy Boat, the great Mike Roeder, celebrating a birthday. The great Kenny Dilger, happy birthday to old number 85. Emily Weatherston Robinson, happy birthday. Brian Thompson, happy birthday. Uh, Ryan Angrick, Joe Jobin, and the great Warren Brewstar. Yes, that Warren Brewstar, the guy who came on uh, and allowed men on base for the Cubs in the mid-80s to score in a torrent 
While his own ERA wasn't high, the men he inherited, I think they all scored in the mid-80s. We love Warren Brewstar, though. Um, If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, man, you got to lift each other. And that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Don't complicate life. All you got to be is nice to each other. Try your best every day and and help others and congratulate others who try their best. It's all you got to do. We'll talk to you later today inside Indiana Sports Now.